predominantly is still older. It's not a lot of, you know, millennial Gen Z educators. It's still a lot of, you know, boomer, generation X, mostly boomers. Like, and they don't want to, you know, let go of that power, that power dynamic. Once you let go of that power dynamic, that shit is like liberating in itself, you know? But why is it so hard for people to do it? Or teachers? Because I think the way, you know how parents are like, I did it, my parents did, so I'm going to do it too. I think it's like the generational thing, like, oh, well, this is how I I went to school and this is how I experienced schooling. And so this way is the right way. And it's like, no, it's like it's a completely different world we're living in. Literally, it's a different world we're living in. So you got to (laughs) change. You got to change it up. Like, you know, some people still make kids raise their hand to go to the bathroom. Wait, 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 wait. Or asked to go to the bathroom. Like, so it's just a smorgasbord of stuff going on. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Common Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning back in. Please make sure you all, you know, support a brother, man. I got my sister Corey with me today. She Tori. is Tori with me today. Tori with a T. See, I, was, I knew I was going to mess that up because <laughs> I'm just super nervous. But I got my sister Tori with me today. Tori with a T. Um, Tori is just an active educator in the city of Detroit. Um, Tori has been giving me so many opportunities to put myself out there. I remember the last opportunity you gave me, I just screaming black lives matter you know what i'm saying like that's the type of time she's on um she's i don't know would you call yourself a teacher activist or would you call yourself an activist or a teacher advocate i would definitely call myself an activist um i think all teachers are activists though at least you have you should be if you own it absolutely yeah. and excuse me tori owns it and i just really think it's, you know it's just, i just want to have her on the podcast i told her before we started this is your podcast um she has a type of energy so yeah what's up how you doing today it's Friday. It's 90-something degrees in Detroit, uh, and I feel good. We are one week away from the end of the school year, and so that's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. I am teaching summer school, though. So. Oh, man. Bless your heart. And for all the like <laughs> non-Detroiters, what does summer in Detroit feel like? 90 degrees in Detroit. What does that actually uh, feel like? After, it's like, you remember, have any of y'all ever seen The Wiz? Remember at the end of The Wiz when, mm-hmm. you know, they killed the evil witch and everybody was shit and they scanned us. Like, Can you feel a brand new day? And so for like three months out of the year, people in Detroit just come alive. Yes. Like we're just alive and we're full of life and the energy of Detroit is just contagious and infectious. And then we, it's like we go back into hibernation in the wintertime. But I mean, that's life in the Midwest. So. I love it though. I love it. It's a good balance. So um, yeah, so we're on the podcast today um, to talk about our favorite topic, education, talk about our kids. Um, a lot has changed. You know, a lot of dynamics have changed. Culture has changed. Teacher dynamics have changed. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember that time when uh, they gave us all those raises? <laughs> the state yeah like they got all that money from the government mm-hmm. it was just like ten thousand dollar raise it was like oh my god like things might be like changing you they value I'm us I'm, I'm valuable now we became essential workers <laughs> oh we 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 learned that we were essential workers. we were already essential right but like we were like oh my god things are changing and then two three years later the money's gone a recession ain't no more money People, like all that money that they paid all those, you know, additional supplementary jobs that were needed to provide the equity that we say that we want, they're all stripped away now. Mm. How does that make you feel? Like what? Well, I can't, we can't talk about no districts. My (laughs) district, my district is experiencing that uh, in a a major way right now. It's literally like you, you bought all this stuff with the COVID money that you really couldn't afford to keep without the COVID money. So now you got to return it to the store. you ever return something to the store because you really just couldn't afford it oh. that's kind of what my district is going through right now but it's 
I think it, it showed us one thing, mm. and I don't understand why more teachers aren't really pissed off. It showed us that the money is there. The okay. money has always been there. Yeah. The money is still there. Yeah. It's just a matter of if they want to give it to us or not. And at then and at that point, they knew they needed us. And they knew that if they wanted us to go to the classroom, they had to show us the money. And now that we're back in the classroom, they know that most teachers aren't, you know, going to leave the classroom. Um, and so they're just taking the money away. And... When they are giving the money, they're saying you have to be highly effective five years in a row. Um, currently in Detroit, there's a charter school that's giving out $100,000 salaries to teachers. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, tell me what charter school this is. I'll tell you I said I would never go back charter, but <laughs> you know, but that's the type of time, you know what I'm saying, that's on. And people are like, you know, oh, you know, that's that's really, you know, good, you know, you know, that's really good. But oh man, it's just all over the place. But I think it's wild though that they like a hundred thousand for teachers is so like attractive, but like other professions like yes. like a hundred thousand if you're a doctor, like they would laugh in your face. Like a doctor a a person with a PhD, a doctor or an attorney yeah. would laugh in your face if you say a thousand dollars is the starting pay. They'd be like, what? But well, teachers, we're like salivating over that. If you had I'm that, salivating. I'm not even gonna hold you up. If you had that, what would be the first thing you'll buy after the first paycheck drop, <laughs> after taxes? You see that extra thou dial dial. You're like four bands extra, right? I don't know. Mm. I don't even know. Taxes might be crazy with hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm about to say you... they're gonna tax it. <laughs> What's the first thing you buy or getting or saving? I don't know. I got a baby now, so this, uh, everything is for her. Right. <laughs> Great response. Everything is for her. Mother of the year. Something real ignorant for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going somewhere. Probably going to absolutely a vacation. trip. For show a trip. Gotta buy my wife something that's just like, yep. You know, might buy a new wedding ring. I'm um, just playing. But anyways, okay. Yeah, so I mean, hundred six figures. You got to upgrade. You can't have the same ring you had when you wasn't making six figures. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's only acceptable. And so, um, <laughs> so today we're here to talk about just like you know why educators are leaving, and one main reason why we think educators leave is just apathy, student apathy. And when I looked up the definition of apathy, it's just really just engagement. You know, like kids just not being engaged with you. And I think as educators, right. We tell educators don't take stuff personal, hmm. but it's such a personable job. Mm -hmm. You have to be a person, people person in order to do the job effectively. And so you telling me, you know what I'm saying? I got four or five kids going to sleep in a lesson that I probably you know, put a lot of work into. You know what I'm saying? Told I had to do this and I implemented that. Admin came and said, I got a two because of that. And in order for me to get a three or four my evaluation, I got to change those things. So I'm going back and I got apathy. First of all, let's talk about being marked down because you got sleep students like really That's i've lost a job because of that and i wish students really understood that matter and i tell students this all the time mm. like if my administrators come in and they see you with your head down and they see that you're not engaged that's a, a poor reflection upon me it doesn't matter if your head hurts it doesn't matter if you didn't sleep last night it's if i'm on the stage you're on the stage right with me like we we all performing when the administrators are in the room um yes but i think that you said something like teachers put a lot of work and effort. Well, you should. First year teachers probably put a lot of time and effort. I'm just gonna let y'all in on. I'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret. A lot of veteran teachers, we don't 
we don't really spend that much time lesson planning. It's just kind of off the dome at this point. Hey. But sometimes <laughs> it's okay to admit that if I put a lot into a lesson or if I'm up there and I'm giving y'all 110% and I see you sleep, that shit hurt my feelings sometimes. I'm not going to tell the students that, How but low key, it hurts my feelings. How does it make you feel? Because <laughs> it's like I'm giving you, I'm going above and beyond. You know what I mean? Like some teachers literally, and this used to like piss me off when I was a coach. Some teachers literally will sit in their desk all day mm -hmm. and talk to the students and not walk around the room, not engage the kids, not try to bring in something relevant, yeah. not try to make the learning engaging and fun. It's hard to bring a, a humdrum, you know, whitewash curriculum to life. It's very hard. And when mm. I do go above and beyond and I do do it and I see you sleep, to me, that's like a slap in the face. Mm. It's like your only job is to sit and at least pretend like you're paying attention. You can disassociate as long as your eyes is open and you just like staring at me. I'm okay with that. But sleep? My feelings are hurt at that point. Why do you think they're not engaged? I mean, there's so many different reasons, but I guess like from your context, I guess. So for me, I feel like kids fall asleep maybe because I'm talking too much or maybe they don't understand the content and the way I'm delivering it, or they just may be tired as a mug, right? Mm -hmm. And they just didn't get the proper vitamins and nutrition for them to be up at eight o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then we also can investigate when kids are sleeping. We're like, hey, get up. And we can tell the difference between kids who are like really tired versus kids that just don't. Mm -hmm. Kids who don't care. Because that's a consistent everyday thing, right? If you don't care, you just, you sleep every day. You're disengaged every day. Did you sleep in high school? No, I slept, I fell asleep in college one time though. <laughs> I slept in high school. I definitely slept in high school. I have ADHD, so I don't, I don't, uh, for the boring I don't classes. sit still. <laughs> But then for those teachers, though, they failed me. Mm. And I was in jeopardy of not graduating because of just like my, I was a senior-itis type class. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like a senior level. We're reading some Greek philosopher. You gotta, it's just an easy English class. And I just was like, yo, I'm a varsity basketball player. I'm tired as a mug. I do not care about this stuff. I got to get this together. I hurry to get a D before, you know what I'm saying? Third so quarter. you just answered your own question. What did I answer? Why, you know, why don't students care? You literally just say, I barely, I just need this. I need to get a D. I just need to get through this. I just need to. And that's the worst attitude because <laughs> D's and C's kill your GPA. But C's get degrees. I'm just. <laughs> and they do though. No. C's get degrees. And so do you agree with this? Do you agree that I guess like if you could just get by. So I guess like, so this is the issue, right? Teachers, like we were talking about power, like, and maybe it has a sense of like perfectionist. Like we, and it's okay. Like, it's because I guess like if we're taking, like you said, a whitewash curriculum and getting alive, we kind of have to have a sense of perfectionism because we're, we're taking something dead and making it alive, mm -hmm. right? Um, But it's just like, how do we learn how to pick our battles? You know, how do we learn how to pass, like, you know, that kid is sleeping? How does like, okay, you sleeping? I'm not going to internalize that. I'm going to just keep it moving. So I want to rewind it back to, you said one of, like you asked me originally, like, what do I think are some of the causes of student apathy? Um, outside of like physical conditions, right? Like yeah. they might be tired, hungry. Um, you know, we we don't know their at home life. But um, I think a lot of it is that students really might just not value education anymore. They don't really, mm. they're not buying, they're not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't think anybody's drinking the Kool-Aid anymore. Like you remember like, what, what year did you graduate from high school? Uh, 2000 and... Nine, 2009. 2009. So I feel like I, you know, growing up, I was raised to believe graduate from high school, go to college, get a job, right, have a career, right. And I drank the Kool Aid. I believed that, you know, if I graduated from college and I got a job, I would have a nice, 
upper middle class, middle class comfortable life, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think kids these days are drinking that Kool-Aid. They don't want to work traditional jobs. And this is proven by research that, you know, Gen mm-hmm. Z, Gen A, well, Gen Z right now, I won't have that much research on Gen A. Gen Z, they don't want to work in traditional settings, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, a lot of my students and you know, we talk about social media and, you know, how powerful the internet is. A lot of kids want to be either influencers, influencers, YouTubers, TikTokers. These are their their career paths. These are not things we're teaching them in school. So it mm. doesn't really, they don't value it. Mm. And if anything, I'm, I got one student, she uses her interactions with teachers as social media content and gets views on it. She mm. purposely baits teachers just to get views. Mm. So how how can we convince them to drink the Kool-Aid? And should we convince them to drink the Kool-Aid again? They don't care about what we're selling because it just doesn't apply to the world they see themselves living in. But isn't that so linear, right? I guess like if we're just only- We know that. (laughs) Like for just like the box, like what's what's the actual party box look like, you know? And I just keep it on the basics, rewriting arithmetic. Can you Mm -hmm. do that proficiently? And why don't you value that? You know what I'm saying? My wife was talking about it. She was like, you grew up with a mom that valued education, Calvin. Mm-hmm. Your mom had friends that also value education, Calvin. And so you probably never grew up not really like being around people in this socioeconomic status or whatever it was, low class, middle that class. Matters. It's still valued. I still, I still have people that still value, you know what I'm saying? So different contexts, different economic status, education was considered as like valuable. But mm-hmm. COVID or the pandemic, or just like you're saying, COVID knocked us out. COVID knocked the, the education system out. The industry <laughs> that the school system was originally prepared for are no longer there. Mm-hmm. And we still have this outdated curriculum, right? That kids are recognizing is not working. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they're just like either probably lying to us that they're drinking the Kool-Aid or not drinking the Kool-Aid and really just being like, yo, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. They're not drinking care. the Kool-Aid. They're eating edibles and going to sleep. But <laughs> and they all, you know what I'm saying? Mr. One of my favorite friends told me like, he's like, it's not just like, not the kids don't care. It's just more kids that don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. It's just more than that. Cause kids have always, not I say kids, students have always, you always had the kids who just weren't invested. And maybe it's not that they don't care. Maybe they're just not invested. Maybe they don't see the benefit. Maybe they don't see the the end game. They don't see the yeah. the long game. Like, you know, they want to be TikTokers and influencers and YouTubers. But how many retired TikTokers, you know, TikTokers, YouTubers, how many 67-year-old retired TikTokers do we have? We don't. Not, we don't have any because it's, it's still new. <laughs> yeah. so that's why I said, you know, you said, is it linear? You know, we probably know this won't end well for them, but they're going to have to figure it out. And it's just like a instant gratification type thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want instant fame. I want yeah. instant money. I want, but everything to be pop and fly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like if I'm showing movies, I tell them like there are gonna be some movies that are engaging, mm-hmm. but then you gotta watch like you know what I'm saying. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a movie that's like traditionally like you not the most engaging, but it's so valuable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, do you do you, do you can you think of a movie think. that's boring that you probably like? Like, yo, that movie changed my life. Probably not. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the logic doesn't make sense. It does not. But, I'm like, but I'm just like, for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm a, so for example, we're learning about biodiversity. Biodiversity is just literally like you putting different species in one benefit in one pot, we create an ecosystem. And it's just like the same thing when you have diverse people. It just creates more things. And mm-hmm. same thing works in nature, right? Like Ann Arbor. Right, exactly. And so um, we watched a movie called The Lorax. You've seen that movie? Mm-hmm. It's biodiversity one-on-one. All eyes on deck. 
kids are watching it, they laughing, they giggling. I'm like, are y'all high schoolers or y'all, t- you know what I'm saying, second graders? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like. They still kids, though. Yeah, but that's when I didn't realize how, like, young they actually are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as, like, a high school educator who's teaching the next-gen science standards, I'm like, okay, well, I got to give you the Lorax, but I also got to give you Varanga, which also talks about, you know what I'm saying, a biodiverse ecosystem uh, in the Congo where the Congolese people were killed by Leopold. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many other histories that go into that. And they're just like, why we got to learn this? Why we have to do this? Why we have to, you know what I'm saying? Why we have to Because you have taught this? them those same standards with just the Lorax on? Yes. And why didn't you? Wait, wait, say, repeat the question. Could you have taught them the, the same standards with just the lower echelon? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I could have, I could have. But the reason why I don't, because I just want to, you know, I want to give them more like, you know, just more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you say intellectualism, just I don't want to say, don't examples. say rigorous, don't say rigorous. No, 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 <laughs> just giving them different like perspectives of the same concept yeah. in a different context, right? Sure. Um, because the reason why I'm showing them Baranga because I'm talking about environmental justice. Mm-hmm. I can t- oh, excuse me, environmental racism, which is an aspect of environmental justice. If I'm talking about the Lorax, Lorax is more environmental justice because you got the Wunzler who's killing all the trees, and now you know what I'm saying. The literally they have no clean air. That's environmental justice. But in the Congo, it's more environmental racism. And so I'm showing them that movie because I'm trying to dig deeper into a deep, deeper concept, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like, how do I tap I mean, into those things? You, you know? keep teaching Detroit, right? Yeah. You can just take them outside and they can see environmental racism. And so, <laughs> so segueing into like you know, like how do we? How do we give ourselves grace? And mm-hmm. then let's first define grace. How do you define grace? And before you define grace guess, for myself or grace for like yeah, just like how you define grace for yourself and how you walk in. And before you define it, the reason why I'm saying it is because the way I've dealt with apathy, apathetic kids, I have to give myself grace. I'm not gonna reach everybody. That's that's it. And I'm gonna be fine with getting 90% of the kids watching Lorax, and I'm gonna be fine with maybe only getting 30% of the kids watching Varanga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's me giving myself grace saying that. I'm accepting that. Yeah. But I guess, like, how would you define it? I, literally just admitting that I'm only human. Yeah. Um, That I am there. If it's only one kid that gets it, if it's only one kid that's invested, then I did my job. Um, And mm, that is... Right. And I have to tell myself on a daily basis, it's not you, it's them. That sounds really toxic. <laughs> it what do you sounds mean super by toxic. It's... It's not me. It's not how I'm. Some days it may be me. Yeah. But don't be offended. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Some, don't be offended because they're not as invested in what you're talking about. It could be a bad day for them. They could have just gotten to with their boyfriend. It could be. It could be them. And then, like, like I just said, on some days, it's me. Some days I, I might show it up and I might have a bad attitude or yeah. something might happen on the way into work with a student and that literally can color my whole energy for the whole hour. Yeah. But I guess grace for me is not not saying I'm not taking accountability, but I'm not taking accountability for everything, everything that happens in my classroom. And that's a very, very hard ask for teachers because we yeah. feel that our four walls, that's oh our dominion. Gosh. We control these four walls. We can't control yes. anything else with these four walls. But it's like, even in those four walls, you're not in control. Why do teachers get offended when we say give yourself grace? Because like I've said things like that, like give yourself grace, but it just becomes the same versus like action. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Maybe because I'm not defining, not characterizing, it, but like when I'm saying give yourself grace, you gotta like walk in that like give yourself like a like if you didn't get it done today you might just have to get it done tomorrow 
You know what I'm saying? Is it because we're perfectionists? Do you think that teachers feel they have the room to give themselves grace? So do, they, do we yeah. feel safe enough to give ourselves grace? Do we feel like we can have an off day? I teach in a public school, so I can absolutely have an off day. But if I was in a charter school environment, which I, I started my career in charter school environment, I feel like I was on my toes every day. Like I had to be on my best every day or oh, you're not being invited back next year. And that's the thing in the charter environment. So do teachers feel safe enough to give themselves grace? I guess I would say it's just how comfortable you are in your practice. Because mm. I've been in a charter school environment where I am literally one year every year. But you know what I'm saying? I walk in my practice. I walk in my me, my my uh, my ambition to achieve mastery mm. in my um, craft. You know what I mean? And that's where I find my security at. But then I would think people are real teachers, too. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people care about teaching. Like when I said I was going to teach it, I knew I was going to be in for 15 years. Yeah. People not getting into teaching thinking like that. I was a, and you know, no shade to your listeners, the people who hopped in the, the teaching field, you know, they just happened upon it. But I went to school to be an educator. I didn't fall, I didn't get an emergency cert. I went to school to be a teacher. And so I think there's a different mindset when this is your career choice. Yeah. As opposed to this is a career you just happen upon. You can still have the same level of passion. Yes. But I also think there's a, a le- just a different level of commitment um, to yourself and to your student. And my thing is, my mom always said, if you're going to be this, then be the best that you can be. All I'm ever going to be as a teacher, oh, I'm going to be the best. Like, I'm absolutely yeah. going to be the best. I was, you know, when I got highly effective a couple times, I was really hard on myself. I'm like, dang, now I got to get, I can't not get highly effective. Because once you hit highly effective mm-hmm. and you get the effective, you like, effective that's interesting but it's it's that level of you know like you said mastery that you're always striving to attain and i think that's the difference between a career educator and an educator who is just it is a career for them at the moment or a job for them at the moment somebody who's you know invested in in this to you know for the long game i talk a lot of shit and say i'm gonna leave education but realistically i can't think of anything that i would want to get up and go to work and do every day i can't think of a single thing that i would probably be happy to do it's just your vibe, you know what I'm saying? It's just like everything that's you. And it's, I feel the exact same way. And um, I just literally just thought about it like when you were talking about it. I'm sorry, I literally just lost my train of thought. What's the last thing you just said? Not before the last thing you just said. What's the second last thing you just said? Again, I have ADHD. ADHD. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I'm also, I'm very transparent with my students about it because I also let them know like, yo, your neurodiversity in your brain we're not rocking with that in this. I mean, we we rocking with it. You know what I mean? But we're not using that or allowing that to hinder our ability to think and yeah. think critically and perform and, and do what it is we need to do. So my students know at the end of the school year, they're like, yes, Ms. Anderson, we know you got ADHD. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess it's just like, just, just again, like just giving yourself grace and recognizing like, you know, you're not going to get it right all the time there's no such thing as a perfect teacher and this is what i thought of so like me having my daughter right i had to you know what i'm saying accept certain l's that i would usually get w's in in the previous year because i just didn't have the capacity no more and i, I feel like that's me giving myself grace like i'm taking that l so for example i use all my ptos my first uh semester after like my first like my daughter having to go to childcare. i use all my ptos because she was sick mm-hmm. i was sick yeah we were both sick my wife was sick. I was mentally tired, 12, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm not at the school really like that. Mm-hmm. That's just another one. I've been at the school for six years. I've never not 
like I'm there, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just a new dynamic. I'm like, do I care about education? Do I still care about my job or not? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like questioning things. And so I'll get nah, my you evaluation. Can. You just care about something more. I get my evaluation <laughs> and I'm already expecting me to get like effective mm-hmm. or not highly effective. And when I got it, they were like, Do you have anything to say? I was like, Nope. I don't. And then this evaluation, I got a higher score. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like if I didn't give myself that grace, I probably would have got the higher score I got now because I would have been so caught up in trying to, like, you know what I'm saying? And you get what I'm saying, I guess? I get what you're saying. So I had a similar experience this year. I had my daughter in August uh-huh. and I was out um, a lot this year. I was out so much this school year actually, you know, being on maternity leave and on, you know, yeah. sick. I was out so much that they can't even evaluate me because I wasn't even there for the full school wow. year. And I actually had to just come to terms with it. This has been the first time I've, I haven't started a school year with my students. Yeah. Um, and I I talked to my principal and one of because I still have to have like my meetings without right. not being evaluated officially. But I talked to my principal. I said I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be a good teacher this year. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be the best teacher this year. Yeah. I'm not going to be a, a you know a mixed ninety two point three educator of the year. That's not going to be me this year. I'm not going to know my kids this year. It's just. Literally well coming to terms, yeah, coming to terms with the fact that I am a human being and I'm having a human experience right now, and that's grace. Yes, and you got to give yourself that same grace every day. I might be having a bad day this day, and I might not feel like getting up and moving around the class and working individually with each student. But as long as I'm still getting up and showing up, yes, showing up, I'm I'm here showing up, and that's what I had to tell myself. Like, dang man, I got the worst score I've ever gotten. What's the best I can do? Is just get up and mm-hmm. just be there. No matter how tired I am, no yeah. matter how much I want to go home. I want to go home probably majority of the time. Especially <laughs> because you got a baby. I want to go home and hug my baby. That's yeah, all I right. want to do. You know? So I guess, like, how much does, like, great admin go into that? Just like that dynamic we just talked about. I think part of it is a great admin and another part is a great union because, you yeah. know, there's really nothing they can do. And communication, um, right? And, like, communicating it. Like, letting them know, like, hey, I know. That I'm not on top of my 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 business this year. I know that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know administrators, if they are truly great administrator, truly great administrators, I think remember what it is like in the classroom. Yes. And yeah, I yeah. I don't say this to say yeah. that you know you can't be a great administrator if you haven't taught before. But I mean, if you never cooked something before, how are you gonna tell me how to cook it? That's just my thinking about administrators who never taught. Yeah. But. I definitely think having understanding administrators definitely plays a role in, in teacher grace. And like I said, being safe enough and feeling safe enough to give yourself grace. Because so if you don't have a, a you know, a understanding or a strong leader, um, I don't know. I just I feel sorry for those folks. And so just as we close, I just want to just quickly try to give like simple solutions. Let me pause. Let me check the camera. Now you've been an hour. Yeah. We can keep talking, but I just want to... <laughs> Because it stops every 30 minutes. So. Yeah. And D, blowing my phone up now. And D, be looking like, we see you're a teacher. You want to go X, Y, and Z? Like, no. Because you could probably go to like any job you want, probably. You know what I'm saying? And so, how. It's I- a teacher's market. I'm listening. Yeah. And I think administrators know that too. Administrators know yes. that it is a, it's like the Hunger Games for teachers right now. And teachers, good teachers. And know we that walk too. Yeah, we're, we're for sure walking. Yes. And we are walking. So that's teacher advocacy, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess like, how much does teacher advocacy go into giving yourself grace when dealing with maybe student apathy or just poor admin or just dealing with like, 
post-pandemic education, like just advocating for yourself. I think one thing, another thing the pandemic taught us outside of, you know, they have the money is uh, teachers are very, 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 very needed. Like America needs us. Like they legitimately need us, which is another thing that pisses me off about the American Federation of Teachers. Sorry, I'm about to go on a tangent. Yeah, go ahead. Educators have such leverage. Teachers have so much leverage and the pandemic taught us that we have leverage. Like literally we could shut schools down and get whatever it is that we needed you know for the school. Like I paid off I'm a um, I'm but <laughs> I think that it, it showed us or it should have showed teachers that you are highly, highly valued. And you're valuable like, and you treat yourself as that. Ab- absolutely. If you're in a situation and the administrators ain't treating you right, go somewhere else. Like literally you will get snatched up, especially if you teach math and science, you're going to get snatched up like Easy. that probably within a week. Yeah, and don't let nobody talk to you crazy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because my thing is, yeah. if, if you are already experiencing student apathy inside your four walls and you can't control that, which you can't, mm. you need to be able, you need to make sure that you are in a school outside of them four walls that treats you with respect. That supports you. Because, you know, you can't leave your classroom where you feel like you're being, you know, beat down or you feel beat down or your feelings are hurt because students aren't beating you down from falling asleep. It may feel that way. But you can't leave a classroom where you don't feel you're valued or what you're saying is respected and then go out into a school and deal with administrators and coworkers that don't feel they respect you. That's not going to, I don't think, see that lasting too long at all. Yeah, Um, But like you said, definitely just make sure you're in a situation um, where you're appreciated. And I would just say like, you know, look yourself in the mirror and just like understand like you matter, you're needed. It is against the law to not teach kids. You are a pink starburst. Don't let nobody treat you like you're a yellow starburst. <laughs> <laughs> Dear teachers. <laughs> you are a pink starburst. Let nobody treat you like you're a yellow starburst. Absolutely. So as we close, what are just some solutions we could give the teachers just based off of like, you know, what we talked about and just make sure like, that you just give give that one percent every single day. You don't have to get a hundred percent every single day because it pops. What 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 can, advice can you teach to give one percent every single day? Extra one percent. An extra one percent. Extra one percent on top of a hundred. <laughs> like wait like, a minute. Like what can we do to help? You know, teachers like deal with maybe great or give themselves grace or just maybe like more like just just conclude everything. You have to nurture your own flame. If you are going to like, and it sounds so cliche, I'm an English teacher. I'm sorry. I, I love cliches and Shout analogies and I, some metaphors. I'm going to hit you with them. You have to like nurture your own flame, right? So if you feel your flame is burning low, or you feel like you about to burn out, take the day off. Take some time to yourself. Maybe make it a day where they're working independently so you can gather your things and, you know, gather your thoughts. Yes. Um, find you a nice teacher tribe. You you cannot do this. We, we teach in isolation, but you cannot do this work in isolation. And yes. it may just be like, you know, somebody that you can vent to during lunch. But I pinky promise you that somebody that you can vent through during lunch can maybe help you get through the school day. Yes. Um, and then I, I, I would I guess I would say um, last is that if you feel, you know, apathetic as a teacher, mm. um, that's trickling down into your classroom. Mm. And so at some point you have to do some self-reflecting. I think self-reflection is the number one, the, the most effective professional development because you know nobody can help you reflect like your own self but reflect on and try to remember why you got into the profession yes like i always i go back yeah i I always remember my why um whenever i'm thinking i'm about to leave this district i'm gonna go to the suburbs i'm thinking like no but kids in detroit deserve highly effective teachers yes like it doesn't matter pay matters but 
kids in Detroit, black and brown students, deserve the creme de la creme of educators. Yeah. And if we all leave, then who who's there with them? Yep. And so I guess just revisiting your why, it sounds cliche. I know you're tired of hearing it at this point. But I mean, it's true. It's true. And there are people out here doing the work, still doing the work after pandemic, you know what I'm saying, post-pandemic. What's the work? I'm, I'm curious yeah. which, what you define as the work. Yeah, I guess what we're talking about, like trying to do the best they can every mm-hmm. single day, taking their L's, trying to stay. Like, it's easy. Like That's we were talking about how, you know, educators are, it's this mass exodus from education. It's easy to leave. It's so easy to leave. It's hard. It's hard to say. I want to see the blogs and the vlogs from the teachers who are staying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to like to dip. And I mean, what? No matter what your reason is for dipping, you know, your mental health or your physical health, just you know, just over it. That's cool. Walking your truth. But I want to hear from the teachers who are fighting it out to stay. And I want to know what y'all are doing, right? Because yeah. I mean, we gotta. You know, it's it's cool to watch the teachers who have left, but you're not helping me because I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah, and that you need the exemplars to keep. Unless Trader Joe start hiring, then. <laughs> Not Whole Foods. <laughs> I love me some Trader Joe's. You like some Trader Joe's? I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> well, as we end the podcast, thank you so much just coming on the podcast. Anything you got uh, coming up? Any uh, shout outs? Anything you want to give um, before we go? Um, no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm working on a, a curriculum. Um, okay. With a nonprofit, we're gonna be doing some um, some press in the next coming weeks. So okay, it's a it's a really 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 liberating experience on the right curriculum with no parameters and to write curriculum with the concepts of freedom and liberation and mm. to try to just break just you know all the pre existing barriers that exist in education and so it has been a very refreshing experience, especially to work with you know, such a diverse team, you know, from all over the country. So I'm definitely, I'm pretty sure we'll be on the news because, I mean, you know, we're in a day and age where anything deemed diverse and inclusive and it is, no, it's it's being challenged by everybody. So I'm pretty sure it's going to make a lot of folks angry. And that's cool. We want to make people angry. Yeah, we didn't even talk about just like us doing like the work that we're saying or doing like equity-based work or trauma-based form work. Like it's being, it's what's the word? Demonized, villainized. Villainized, you know. That's draining too. That's draining us because we're just teaching truth. mm -hmm. We're trying to liberate ourselves while liberating our kids. You telling me I'm bad? You're trying to break, you're trying to break these chains that the system has created, right? These walls that the the system has created. And people are like, no, keep the walls up. We like the walls. Just paint them pink. (laughs) Paint the walls rainbow. Or like if you try something new and it doesn't work the first time, they're like, oh, why'd you try that? Of course that didn't work, you know? It's Mm. just immediately thrown away. It was like proof of concept. It doesn't happen off of just one try. Absolutely. And this thing is, we've been doing this thing for a hundred... Oh my God. We just started talking about our race equity cues in the last three, four years, like making it popular. These things have been around for 50 years. You know what I'm saying? All that's been around, but it's just like, we're just not talking about it now. We're trying to get rid of it. But the people that's doing it is doing it. Continue doing it. There's nothing y'all can say to stop it. But anyway, shout out to you all. Thank you so much, all the teachers. This is not a podcast to make you feel bad. It's a podcast to encourage you. We are teachers and we are honest teachers and we love you. And we just want you to, you know, stay with us. Stay in the field. Your kids need you. And like just what she said, if you're feeling apathetic, it's it's trickling down in your classroom. And so on the flip side, if students feel apathetic, it's trickling up. So at some point we got to stop the trickle. We got to stop the trickle. (laughs) So whatever that ingredient is, stop the trickle. We'll figure it out. But for right now, we're going to enjoy our lives. All right, y'all. Peace. Boom.